0: Hello, I'm Father Dan Serratori from the St. Benedict's Catholic community in Burwood, Melbourne, and welcome to our podcast. We hope you're blessed by this homily recorded at our Sunday Mass. May it enrich you and may it inspire you to embrace more fully the love, the life, and the mission of Jesus. Enjoy. I'm a bit of a cyclist, as some of you may know or may not know. Um, I like to get out for a bit of exercise a couple of times a week or on my day off to just have a leisurely you know, stroll around the streets. Um, but I had a realization a few months ago. I realized that in my cycling, I was afraid of hills, which is not the best way to go about cycling. Um, I would go out and try and find the flattest, easiest route that I could go on so I didn't get too worn out. I, and if I, if I had one kind of decent, climb I would go okay that's enough I made it up that I can go home now happy. But the the next part of the realization was that if I want to actually be a good cyclist if I want to take this seriously then I should probably get over my fear of hills. So I decided to challenge myself and start picking some routes that actually went to the hills and didn't run away from them Um, and back when we were in the 5k lockdown I'd, I had some like laps that I would do and I'd even go up the same hill again and again and again um, a couple of times to, to challenge myself and you know go up and down and up and down and, and some of those climbs really did hurt but you know what happened? I got fitter and I got stronger and now I can go out and not worry about what hill's going to be around the next corner and I can just go out for a ride and cruise wherever I want and I can climb up a hill if I face it. So I'm a, I'm a happier cyclist. Now, we've been following a series for a good few weeks now about Fully Love. Fully Love is the name of the series and the whole point of our series is that the whole point of our life is about love. We're made to love and we're, we're fulfilled when we're able to love. And we're faced with opportunities to live this out every single day and we can face those opportunities in different ways. We might greet them and kind of rise up to the challenge or we might greet them with frustration or, you know, just hide away from them or try and avoid them. But just as if there was was no way that I could become a better cyclist if I kept avoiding the hills and running away from the hills, Um, it was only when I started facing the hills and and challenging myself that my fitness improved. In exactly the same way, we're not gonna grow in love unless we can challenge ourselves a bit more and try and grow in love, build up our fitness or our love muscles, you know, unless we actually face these moments that greet us, you know, every day, every hour, when we're called to love someone or serve someone in some way, when we face them as a, yeah, this is an opportunity to grow, to love in a new way, then we can grow and then we can become fully loved. And when we challenge ourselves to grow in love that way, then we'll, we'll relish the opportunities. We'll go, oh great, here's an opportunity to serve my brother or my sister. We'll enjoy loving more. We'll be better lovers. So for the last three weeks with Father Dan, we've been looking at a, a broad picture of how we're called to love with this idea of personal vocation. But today... I want to kind of narrow the focus a bit, get down to the coalface, as it were, of, of these daily moments that always come before us when we're called to love, when perhaps someone comes before us with a need or, um, yeah, it ha- can happen in lots of different ways. And Jesus gives us a teaching today in our gospel on generosity, so I particularly want to look at how this particular facet of our loving, generosity, how, how we can respond generously, generously. When these opportunities, these moments, these challenges, come before us day after day. Does that sound all right? Yep. Let's dive into it. <laughs> so what is Jesus saying about generosity in this scene in the Gospels? He's watching people putting money into the treasury. So they're, they're giving the money to the temple, to the, the religious institution system. It's, you know, comparable to when we're giving money when we come to church. So it's, it's an expression of their love for God. It's also an expression of their love for others in the, the service that the church, the church gives to those others. And Jesus identifies two types of people who are giving money. There's many of the rich who put in a great deal, but then there's, on the other hand, a poor widow who comes forward and puts in two small coins, which is the equivalent of a penny. So I'm not sure exactly how much that, money would equate to these days, but it's not much. So everyone else put in more than this little widow did. And if, if we added up everything that the rest of the people put in, what the widow put in would be insignificant to the bottom line of all that was received that day. But Jesus praises the poor widow, says that she has put in more than everybody else. So He's got a bit of a confusing understanding of generosity. So what is Jesus getting at? It's obviously not simply about how much was given. It's not a simple system of, I gave X amount, therefore I'm this amount generous. And if I gave more, I would be more generous. And if I gave less, I would be less generous. It's not that simple. But he praises the widow because she put in all that she possessed. Everything she had to put in, she put in. So Jesus is saying that generosity is not simply about how much is given, but it's about whether we've given as much as we could. The widow is praised because she gave all that she could. The rich gave a lot more, way more than she could have or did, but they still had plenty left over. They were still living comfortably. They, they weren't hurting from the amount that they'd put in, even if they'd put in thousands. But the widow gave up such that it, it hurt a bit, such that she actually was left without. She gave up what she actually needed for herself to live on. And this is really what it looks like to love. When we love in generosity, it costs something from us. It, it demands a, a giving or a giving up of something that we have such that we're actually, we're left without in some sense, like this widow who gave up what she needed to live on. And in in this way, rather than generosity, it actually sounds a bit more like sacrifice. The kind of selflessness that we're called to in love can definitely be called sacrifice. So while Jesus uses this convenient example of money, when we're talking about money, we can, we can see the values of the dollars and the cents, but most often when we're called to, to give up something, when we're challenged to love each day, it's not money we're being called to give up. And while it's easy to see that, you know, I now have $5 less in my pocket, it, it can be harder to grasp when we're thinking about other things that we give up. So I want to explore a few different ways that this challenge can come to us. We might be challenged to be generous with our time when we're called to love someone. And what I ask, are we, are we able to offer our time only when, when we're already free? We've got nothing going on, so I've got time to spare. Therefore, I can be generous and give you my time and be with you. Or are we able to be generous with our time even when we're busy? When we have little time, when we have no time, are we still able to be generous with our time at that point? Another thing we might be challenged to give up is you know, some, some material thing that we might have a claim to. We might very rightly have a claim to it, but something like a parking spot. You drive up from one direction, another car drives from another way. Perhaps you think that you got there first, so you should take it. If you let the other car go in, then you have to keep driving around and find another spot, which might take you another five, 10 minutes. <laughs> it might be the front spot in a queue. If you let someone go in front of you, you're gonna have to wait longer. It might be, you know, that the last piece of garlic bread sitting on the table when all the family is gathered around and, you know, oh, maybe I'm willing to go halves with you because then I still get something, but am I willing to let you have the piece on your own and then go without myself? You know, that costs something. I don't have the garlic bread now. (laughs) Another way... We can be challenged to give up something might be the way that others see us. We all love to, to be thought well of in others' eyes, but what if we're called to, to go and reach out to someone which takes us away from our friends or those that we're with? Perhaps um, we go and reach out to someone who's out of favour and, and that's going to make others look down on us in some way. Perhaps it's, we're being called to act in integrity in some way, to do the right thing, when the whole crowd's going in the other direction and they're going to look at us and think, oh, that's just stupid or weird, what that guy's doing. We can give up that that opinion that others have of us to do the right thing, to do the loving thing for others. We might also be asked to give up our comfort when, when we have a friend who's in trouble in some way, who's... Suffering in some way that might impinge upon our peace. You know, and it might not cost us much if we just flick them a text to, to say, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of you. But it might cost us a bit if we go and sit with that person. And perhaps there's nothing that we can say or actually do to help them in whatever's going on for them. But we can just sit there and feel yuck with them sitting in that space. That costs us that comfort. We could have been sitting at home on the couch, but we do that out of love for a friend. This is the, the sacrifice that love asks of us. This is the kind of generosity that Jesus puts before us. And loving always has a cost. So if we, if we want to grow to be free and fully loving, we've got to stretch ourselves to know how to pay that cost, to be generous and give something up. And this is what the woman in the first reading is able to do. Elijah comes to this town and asks this widow with her son to give him some food. Now, she had only enough flour and oil to make one last morsel of bread and then they were going to starve. That was all she had. And Elijah asks for some bread. The invitation comes to her to trust in God and to be generous. But she's able to respond. She's able to give. She's able to sacrifice that little that she has. She grows in love. Now, this is the kind of love that God invites us to, to participate in, to become. This woman is able to generously sacrifice that little bit of food that she has. And God wants us to become loving in this way. This is the the basic call upon our lives as we follow him, to be able to love sacrificially and selflessly, generously with whatever it is we have to offer. And Jesus also shows us this kind of love in his own actions because he takes our sins upon himself and he suffers for us in our trouble. He gives up his life for us so that we might have life. But this is the kind of love that he wants us to be able to share with others. The whole point of the Christian life is to learn to love like Jesus did, to learn to love in that self-giving, generous, sacrificial sort of way. Now, it might seem impossible, and of course it's only possible because Jesus shares that grace with us to love as he did. And it might seem far beyond our reach, some distant heroic way of loving, but it only begins in these ordinary day-to-day moments when we're asked to give up a little bit of our time or we're asked to give up that parking spot or are asked to give up a little bit of comfort to go and sit with someone in their need. So if... We want to take up this invitation God gives us to grow in love, to become fully love. We're called to to look differently at these moments that meet us day after day after day, to see them as opportunities by which we can grow, by which we can participate more and more, share in his wondrous love, to become loving in that sort of way. So there's no shortage of opportunities. We don't need to go looking for them. But we have the choice to cling to that little bit of comfort we might have or to face them. Just like I would go out and face the hills and become a better cyclist for it, we can face these challenges and become more loving. This is the only way that we'll be able to to take up this, this invitation from God to share in his love to share in Jesus' love and truly become fully love as he wants us to. You can find reflection questions for this homily at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash homily. Thanks for joining us today and have a great week.